Welcome to the Let's Be Honest About Business podcast. If you're anything like me, then you strive for us all to be honest with where we're at in our business rather than putting on a front. You can expect to hear about struggles and successes to everything in between from myself and others in business. I'm your host, Morgan, and through being honest with what I've struggled with, I'll be sharing practical tips on how to get out of your slumps and run the business of your dreams regardless of where you're at. Whether you're driving in your car or sipping coffee on your couch, I hope you find this information valuable. Let's hang out. All right, guys. Well, gosh, we're finally in April. It is so crazy to say that. I honestly feel like this year has totally flown by. And I know that's so cliche to say, but I know I'm also not alone in saying that. Gosh, (laughs) I wish I could just sit down and have coffee with each of you guys and ask how your year's going so far and how you're doing. Uh, How are you guys doing? You should just all email me and tell me how you're doing and just start a conversation with me. I actually think I would really love that. Anyways, um, before we get started, I want to remind you guys to please leave a review for this podcast. Reviews help this podcast get seen, and honestly, they're just so encouraging to me and let me know that I should keep creating content for you. Also, at the beginning of every month, I will be buying three of you coffee for leaving a review, so you kind of can't go wrong. <laughs> On the 1st of April, I did just announce the three winners uh, of this month. So yeah, you guys keep leaving those reviews. They're encouraging and fun and they keep me moving forward in this podcast. And I will be announcing the next three winners on May 1st. So yeah, uh, you do have a little bit of time, but definitely get on that. (laughs) Today's topic is something I'm absolutely terrified of sharing because now you guys are going to have all the dirt on me. I'm going to be talking about four of the biggest mistakes I've made in business since running my business. I've had my business now for six years and five of those years have been full-time and I've honestly made quite a few mistakes along the way. (laughs) I feel like making mistakes as a business owner is definitely inevitable. Like we're all going to make mistakes at one point or another while running our business. Some are minor and some maybe a bit more major. However, it doesn't make it any easier to share. But I'm sharing them to also share what I've learned from them in hopes that you will also learn from my mistakes and just to be as real with you guys as possible. But yeah, honestly, it's scary. And I think mistakes are really important to make in life and business because it's truly the only way that we'll grow. Yes, they're uncomfortable and sometimes it's really uncomfortable to grow, but also really needed if we want to become better business owners. So this podcast episode will really be interesting and hopefully fun, but don't hate on me when I share my mistakes because it is, just know it is a little nerve-wracking for me. Um, Before I get started though, I've got to share my honest moment of the week. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that Frank and I are kind of at a pretty busy season of life right now. I haven't shared everything on Instagram, but we're in the middle of selling our home. We're planning for some people to come in town. We signed a contract on a new build and it won't be finished for another six to nine months. And I've just been in general pretty busy with work just between the podcast, weddings in the off season, gearing up for a pretty busy wedding season this summer and something really exciting that I'm going to be launching for wedding photographers this fall. 
All that to say that things for us have kind of been pretty hectic, and I'm probably going to laugh at myself later for sharing all of this because I seriously do not glorify busyness. In fact, I really hate it because whenever I tell someone I'm really busy, what I feel like I'm really saying is, I don't have time for you, and I never want to be in that position where I make someone feel like I'm not available to them. But yeah, all that to say that because of everything that's going on. I've just really been feeling burnt out, if I can be really honest. Not burnt out in my business, but just burnt out on life. So I do think that once we move out of the house that we're selling and into our temporary home, things will hopefully calm down a little bit for me. But yeah, I sometimes I struggle with saying no, and I know I need to get better at that. But yeah, anyway... <laughs> That's my honest moment of the week, just feeling a little overwhelmed and really just trying to work through that. All right, but let's get on to today's topic, the four biggest mistakes that I've made in business. Oh, Lordy, I am dishing all the dirt on myself. I feel like you guys are going to love this one, just to know that I'm not perfect. <laughs> so the first mi biggest mistake, this is probably the overall biggest mistake I, I have ever made in business, and it is my engagement session disaster. <laughs> So this one is actually probably the hardest one for me to share, which is why I'm just getting it over with first. As a wedding photographer, I have been really lucky in the sense that I've never lost images from a wedding day or just not shown up on a wedding day, but I have almost lost a client because of an engagement session. Before we go any further, I want to be the first to tell you that miraculously I was able to turn this situation into a really positive one and it ended up being an amazing situation for the clients and I, but it was definitely a huge learning curve for me. So here's the story. The clients booked me for their wedding in summer of 2017 and started wanting to plan their engagement session with me. I recommended a few locations to the bride and groom, one of which I had never been to before, which is something I did specify. The bride and groom ended up choosing the location that I had never been to before, so we nailed down a time and date for the engagement session at a particular location. Come the day of the engagement session, it was a sunrise session, and my couple pulled up, grabbed their dog and extra clothes, and we walked about a mile into where we were supposed to shoot. As soon as we wrapped up the engagement session, I can see that dark storm clouds were rolling in, and there was a storm coming. However, I was absolutely not prepared for the level of storm we were about to get. I did tell my couple that we should start heading out because it looked like there was a storm rolling in, and I didn't know how bad it was going to be. At this particular location, there was absolutely no shelter, so the only option we had was to get back to our cars as soon as we could, which were all a mile away. <laughs> we started walking back, and all of a sudden, we get pelted with so much rain and hail, and every single thing got soaked. My couple, their clothes, their poor dog, my camera equipment, I mean... I think I can't exaggerate it enough for you guys. It was just awful for all of us. Anyway, by the time we got back to our cars, the storm kind of settles down. I could tell that my couple wasn't happy and all they wanted to do was leave. I ended up having mild hypothermia from the storm and literally had to drive back home naked with a blanket over me and the heat blasting. Mind you, it was like May or June, so it actually wasn't cold this time of year, but the storm really took it out of us. So fast forward and I ended up delivering the images from the session, thanking my couple profusely for being so positive and for dealing with that weather and really just trying to come at it from a positive perspective. 
A little over a month before their wedding, I still hadn't heard a single peep from my couple and hadn't gotten the final questionnaire from their wedding back or the final payment for photography, so I was starting to get a little concerned. Eventually, I received an email from the groom that stated how upset they were over the engagement session because of the weather and the fact that the groom's phone was destroyed. The bride lost two of her shoes and couldn't return one of the dresses she bought because it was also destroyed. Not to mention that my couple ended up pretty sick after their session because of how nasty the weather was. As you can imagine, I was pretty embarrassed at this point. When an engagement session goes bad, you know that the only that only places doubt in the couple for how their wedding day experience with me is going to go. And I wanted my couple to be as confident in me as possible come their wedding day. So I ended up responding to the email. I took full blame. I told the couple that this was a great learning opportunity opportunity for me and that I should always check the weather beforehand, have umbrellas on hand regardless, and always visit a place before I shoot so I know what to expect. I offered a reshoot if they wanted to take me up on it and also went out of my way to let them know that my lines of communication were as open as possible leading up to their wedding day and even after their wedding day. They were actually pretty amazed at my response back to them and were thankful that I took the blame and apologized. From then, leading up to the wedding, I made sure to get on the phone with the bride and groom multiple times and really did my best to inspire confidence in them moving forward. Fast forward to the wedding day and it did end up being an amazing experience for us all. The bride and groom absolutely loved their images and working with me and were incredibly grateful. All that to say that I think the wedding day experience for them could not have been as great as it was if I never ended up taking responsibility for how the engagement session turned out. Remember that whatever work it is that you're doing, you have a level of responsibility and safety towards your clients and it's your job to uphold that standard. You're never wrong to do the right thing and in my case, the right thing was to take full responsibility, learn from this engagement session, and never let anything like this happen again. I will say that I have learned from this engagement session and I'm so thrilled to have been able to turn it around into a great experience for us all. But I do want to encourage you to ask yourself, what it is, what is it that you can do to go above and beyond for your clients? I think as humans, it's in our nature to get really defensive whenever someone places blame on us. I mean, to be honest, I always get really defensive whenever my husband blames me for something. I promise it's something I'm working on. But there's always going to be good when you choose to humble yourself, take blame for your actions, and agree to change the situation moving forward. Feedback is never fun. Sometimes it hurts. But as business owners, we do need feedback in order to make us better. So, yeah, I'm really glad that that situation turned out better than it could have, but definitely was really scary leading up to the couple's wedding. Uh, You can bet that I was so nervous shooting their wedding, and I just, just, just wanted to make sure that they had a great experience and ended up leaving with their experience with me on a positive note rather than a negative note. All right, the second biggest mistake that I made in business was showing up late to a meeting. Um, Now, you might be like, "Um, that's not a huge mistake, Morgan. What were you like five or 10 minutes late? I was actually like an hour and 15 minutes late. And surprisingly, the couple still booked with me. Now, this story is also a story about taking blame for your actions. And I think when you can be honest about the mistakes that you've made, people are more likely to willing to be lenient towards you. So here's a story. 
It was 2014, and it was, I was really just starting to take on wedding clients, didn't have much experience at all, and I had a meeting booked with a potential client for their fall wedding, and uh, the we- the meeting was on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m., I completely spaced the meeting. And what's funny is I even had it in my calendar, but I got it mixed up with a photo shoot that I was supposed to have that afternoon. And I got a text message from the client whose photo shoot I was supposed to have that afternoon. The client said that they were no longer able to make it to the session. I responded saying, no problem at all. That's fine. And I just ended up mixing it up with the clients that I was supposed to meet. So in my mind, the clients that I was supposed to meet had canceled and not the, not the session that afternoon. So I thought I had my whole morning open. So Frank and I were just dating and we took our dog Tirza at the time to this park and we were just enjoying our summer morning. I was wearing jeans and flip-flops and a tank top and, you know, we take her to swim and everything and it's a great summer morning and we're having so much fun. I left my phone in the car. By this time, it's like 1030. We get back into the, into the car and I have these text messages from the bride and groom asking, hey, where are you at? Like, we're waiting for you. Just wondering if you're still going to show up. And I am just, I just, at this moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the biggest mistake I've ever made in my business. Oh my gosh, they're probably going to leave. And I just told Frank, we need to get there as soon as possible. I don't even think I have time to change. Like, we just need to get there. So I told him, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm on my way right now. So he drives me to this meeting and there I am. I show up in a tank top and jeans and flip-flops, which is totally unprofessional. And I sit down. I don't have any papers with me, any, any work of mine to show, no photo album, nothing. And I sit down and the first thing I say is just, hey, I am so sorry that I did not show up for this meeting on time. Here's why I'm wearing a tank top and, you know, this is the situation. Will you please forgive me? What's really surprising is that the couple ended up booking with me, no questions asked. They And you would think that at least me, if I was a potential bride... If my photographer showed up late, I would think that my photographer would also show up late to the wedding. So obviously, I would be very hesitant to book the photographer. But I think what worked in the situation, again, is the fact that I took blame for my mistakes and I was just as honest and genuine as possible. I did not try to cover up what I did. I did not try to, you know, say it was due to an accident or or something horrible happening in my family or just making up this lie or excuse. I was just as honest and real as possible. And I think people really appreciate that, especially our clients. So I think the moral of this story is just to be as honest and real as possible as you can with your clients, especially when you make a mistake. I did learn from that, and thankfully now I put everything everything in my calendar. And I also set reminders, especially for wedding days, three days before, just so I know that I am going to show up on time and even way earlier. (laughs) So that was my second biggest mistake. 
My third mistake was charging too low for my services and specifically marketing myself as a budget photographer in the beginning. So, okay, this is a really interesting one. I'll be honest and say that this was a huge mistake that I regret making. Now, I totally understand when you're first starting out and you're really just trying to get, um, you know, work built up basically for your portfolio. I totally understand that situation. But growing up, I had a really poor mentality of money. I grew up in a bigger family. There were six kids total and no fault at all to my parents, but I really had the mindset that money was never available to me and that no one would ever be willing to pay the prices that I could only dream of. I mean, in my mind, the people who actually had money were total unicorns and having money felt just so far removed from my mentality. Honestly, it's even kind of hard to explain, but you know what I'm talking about if you did grow up with a really poor money mentality or if you even struggle to raise your prices because you feel like no one will book you. So when it came to starting my business, I really thought that in order to be successful, I had to be the photographer that charged the lowest rate. In fact, I specifically marketed myself as a budget photographer. So yes, I did end up booking a lot, but as you can imagine, I experienced burnout really quickly and started to really dislike what I did because I was doing too much work for too little of a price. As a photographer, I never want to be in that position where I don't want to be there for my client photographing a session. So that was when I knew something had to change. Raising my prices has always been a point of contention for me because I would often hear that no one would book me at a higher price point. But how do you get past a poor money mindset when you've been trained your whole life that money is really scarce? It really honestly just took me raising my prices, sticking to that price, and then having one, then two, then a few more people book me at those higher price points to really encourage me and let me know that there were people out there that did exist like that and that were willing to pay my prices. As a business owner, you need to know your worth and you need to charge what you're worth and probably double that. (laughs) I would say if you're starting to get burnt out, that's a really good indicator that you need to raise your prices. Even to this day, it's still really surprising that I still get amazing clients who pay my prices, but I'm honestly so incredibly grateful for them. And I'm so happy that I've learned that sometimes the lowest price is not always the best. All right. The fourth mistake that I made, especially at the beginning of my business, was not making connections in business earlier. Okay, so I'm just going to come out and say that if you want to be successful in business, the relationships you build are absolutely key. In caps, (laughs) K-E-Y. In your own industry as well as outside of your business into your own personal life. I'll be honest and say that the first few years of running my business, I really struggled to make genuine connections in the industry. A lot of it was because I didn't have confidence in myself and other vendors didn't have confidence in me because I was just starting out. However, if I could go back, I would definitely like to challenge that notion. I think it was simply because I didn't have confidence in myself or in my work, and I believe that people truly feed off of the confidence or incompetence you portray. Not making genuine connections in my business at the beginning, I think, really set me back and is maybe one of the reasons I'm not further along now than I probably could be. I mean, I'm sure there might be other factors that play into that, but I definitely think that that's one of them. 
It's not easy at the beginning to build connections and business when you're first starting out. I'll actually go so far as to say it's definitely an investment of your time and maybe even your money. But I can guarantee you that the sooner you start focusing your time and energy on building relationships, your business will start booming. All right, guys, so now you have all the dirt on me. I can totally be honest with you and say that as a business owner, I definitely don't have it all together. A lot of business owning, actually mostly all of it, is just trial and error and learning as you go and celebrating your successes and owning up to your mistakes whenever you do make them. I have truly learned from my mistakes and to this day, I'm still making mistakes and still learning from them. I never want to stop growing as a business owner. I want to make sure that I'm always improving myself and improving the experience my clients have with me. But I'm curious to know, now that you all know my biggest mistakes, what's been the biggest mistake you've made in your business and how have you fixed it? You should definitely email me to let me know. (laughs) All right, I'm going to end this on a listener question. And this question is via email from Elise Stokes Creations. Elise, thank you so much for being a listener. So she asked me to clarify something from episode five back when I interviewed Zach Workington, my lawyer from Workington LLC. And her question is, I just finished listening to the episode about hiring a lawyer and I still had a couple of questions that I hope you might be able to help me with. I just got started and I feel like some of the articles I have found on Google honestly just confuse me more than help me because I'm not naturally a business-minded person. I have an Etsy shop, but I really dream of launching my own website as soon as possible so that I can further my brand and my dreams that much sooner. What do I need to do to protect myself, though? When I was listening to your podcast with Zach, towards the end, y'all began talking about LLCs and DBAs, and I wasn't sure when to pursue protecting my business by having an official title and or licensing. Do I need to do that before I can begin offering my services as a stationary designer, or should I focus on selling only on Etsy? I guess I felt a little confused whether there's more I need to be figuring out now as far as protecting myself and my business at this extremely early stage. What did you do when you were first starting out? Did your photography business begin as a side hustle, or were you already in the realm of photography and it was a more natural step for you? I'm not doing anything at my current full-time job that even remotely resembles what I dream of doing one day, so I feel sometimes very overwhelmed, anxious, and a little stuck in relation to what I hope lies ahead. All right, Elise, thank you so much for your question. I do not at all think that you're alone in this, so this is my answer for you. What Zach and I were talking about was the difference between registering yourself as a DBA, doing business as, or LLC, limited liability company. I should preface this by saying that I am by no means a professional. However, if I were to suggest anything to any small business owner, I would suggest that you register as an LLC. And you can easily do it by filing through the Secretary of State in which you live. If you expect to make any money whatsoever, you should file, even if you have an Etsy shop. That's more for tax purposes that you should file, but also just to protect yourself. So the main difference between a DBA and an LLC is that an LLC is a small form of insurance for your business. It does not cover you completely, which is why down the road you should protect yourself with liability insurance as a business owner. But what an LLC does to protect against is if you were to ever get sued in your business, whoever sues you can only go after your business assets and not your personal assets. 
But if you're a DBA, if you were to get sued, they can go after your business and personal assets. So for example, your house, your cars, your personal money in the bank, etc. So that can definitely get pretty scary and pretty icky for you. I hope this doesn't scare you. It's just something that you should know going forward. It's not typically a lot to register your business. In Colorado, I paid $50 just to get it registered, and then I pay $10 every year to keep it in good standing. I know it varies from state to state, but if you are listening and you haven't registered your business yet, I would simply Google Secretary of State, register my business, Colorado, or whatever state it is that you live in. So I hope this answers your question. Thank you so much for asking, Elise, and I'm cheering you on as you continue to grow your business. If you guys have any questions for me or need me to expand further on a topic, please don't hesitate to reach out to me via Instagram at Lady Ilg, that's L-A-D-Y-I-L-G, or email me at morgan at ladyilgphotography.com, and I promise I will answer you personally and also on a future episode. Your questions are so encouraged and so, so welcome. All right, that's it for today, you guys. And again, please be sure to leave a review on this podcast for your chance to win coffee on me. There are three winners every month. And if you like this podcast episode, please feel free to screenshot and share this episode on your Insta stories and tag me in it. You sharing and reviewing the podcast gives me encouragement to keep it going. And I seriously love it. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I look forward to showing up again next Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening. For more information or to learn a little bit more about me and my brand, you can follow me on Instagram at Lady Ilg. That's L-A-D-Y-I-L-G or visit LadyIlgPhotography.com. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer for you on a future episode, simply email me at morgan at ladyilgphotography.com with your question, and I'd love to answer it for you. Your questions are encouraged and welcome. I look forward to showing up on another episode soon.